Oh, Steve, it's a day off. What have you been up to, mate? Bye, Egg Love. I had a little bit of a laying, in yeah. all fairness, and I got up and sun was beaming, so I went out for a big run. How far did you go? About 4.2 miles, but I just well, turned left at me hotel. It's a killer. Cause Talk you to me all in, in new money. To... Talk to me in new money. What? I'm in kilometres, me, mate. Do you know what? <laughs> 6.6 kilometres. Right, okay. Did so... you do maths at school? No. Didn't think so. Um, no, seriously, mate. Uh, up to Glen Rivers, it's a, it's a, it's a heart burner. You're a long way. You're a, it's only a mile from mm, the steep. hotel to the paddock, but it's just steep as hell. Anyway, did that. No bother. Got a good sweat on. Ooh. And then I went back to the hotel. I've done a bit of work. I've done some VAT return, Hello. which keeps the Vatman happy, obviously. Been down to Laxey for a brew and a toasted tea cake at the shed. Nice. Yep, yep. Watching uh, the, the tide was in, watching them all swimming as well. And a um, bit of canoeing, bit of all sorts. Nice, good chill out. Yeah. I'm fine, thanks, Steve. Thanks for asking. Roll titles. So, Steve, no racing today. How does that affect the, the rider's mentality? Is it a good thing? Is it a bad thing? Is it good to get out of the TT bubble? Or is it nice to stay in it? How did you find it? Hey, they're, they're all different. Some will be have their head buried in various things. You know full well Peter Hickman will be buried into mm-hmm. geometry and various things on his superbike, trying to go for a warm-up lap and try and get it sorted out before the end of the week. Uh, whereas other people will be breaking away and chilling out with families and friends and just enjoying the uh, Costa del TT weather. <laughs> um, seriously, yeah. Uh, or doing a bit of shopping, a bit of catching up, or, you know, and that kind of thing. So everybody's different, really. What was your routine? Was your, were you doing the, your VAT in between races? Mate, no. Right. this man. We, we uh, when I came, actually, the first year was pretty, just, the weather was like this, 2007 centenary, and same sort of thing, really. Trying to get away and just keep your head clear just to mull over a few things and it helps you remember you got to remember when you're lapping around 37.7 miles you forget some of your bad bits mm-hmm. as well so if you get away and chill out they'll just ping up in your head a, a little flag and then you can work on that or go out and work on it you know? I like it well yeah. seeing as there was no racing we're going to head back a few days now where we caught up with the top gear legend that is Chris Harris Right, guys, we made our way down to the VIP. They've finally let me in, which is a surprise. I did have to uh, have a few words with the security, but we got in as soon as he saw Steve Player's face. Steve, do you want to introduce this man to the podcast? Well, yeah, it's difficult for me. I thought I was going to be talking about Speedway. I thought we had Bomber Harris. I thought it was Chris <laughs> Harrison, but apparently I'm not, I've, been, I've heard he's sideways sometimes, but, been, but not on a Speedway bike. But yeah, Chris Harris, you're a famous man. Obviously, uh, do a lot of presenting. Your first time at the Isle of Man TT races. Yeah, before I tell you how my mind is blown, if your name's Chris Harris, you're one of, I think, four or five things. You're either a rugby player for Scotland, <laughs> you're either Bomb Harris speedway rider. That's the most disappointment I get. <laughs> I, Chris Mag- Harris is here. Chris Mag- Harris McGuinness is here. took me to um, the speedway in Cardiff last year. That was eye-opening. Yeah, Grand Prix. Yeah, yeah. and uh, that was eye-opening. And when those people saw my name and they saw me, it was like, oh, God, is he parking cars? Oh, no. Has he got a kebab van? <laughs> um, or, or you're an all-rounder, cricket all-rounder from New Zealand. Or you're an American football player. The last on the list is probably me. Yeah. And as I found out through passport control, you're also a badly wanted man who's on the run. So I can't, I can't go through the gates because there's a bloke with my name who did something very bad recently, so I can't get really? through. So that's a long way into saying uh, I'm At least here. you can pass the book. I can, yeah. yeah. Uh, 
it's been the most fantastic three days we've been here so far. Came over with a mate, wobbled up on bikes from Bristol. Always wanted to do it. Always found a reason to be too busy. Mm-hmm. And I'm so glad I did because it is the single finest spectator motorsport thing I've ever done. Done lots of things and I've done them being treated like royalty and I've done them a scuzzy fashion as well. But this beats them all, I'm afraid. I what know it you, sounds so cliched to say that. What do you ride? Uh, I've got an Aprilia Tuono. Nice. Which means yeah. I'm off brand because McGuinness is looking after me. So my mate came on a Honda. Hey, good bike. Good That's road good bike. Uh, good it's bike. a great road bike. It's too good for me. Um, <laughs> but it's, it's everything I want in a bike. And every day we get up in the morning, we go for a wobble round, do the mountain, watch people nearly crash. It was closed just now. Cause, and yeah. sadly, we followed the, um, the wreckage back. Oh. So we had the low loader in front of us. It was a, I, a stark uh, reminder of what goes uh, on as a higher yeah. booster that you had to really look up close to work out what it was. I once. saw one yesterday, actually. I went uh, ran the coast road and went from Ramsey, coming back across and witnessed one yesterday. Crackers. But I, I would, mental. I'm really glad we came on bikes because you can get have a bit of explore because it is about yeah. the racing, but there's more to it than that. So my, I'm repeating a kipper at the moment because he went to Peel this morning and had kipper in a bun. Not that I said bun, apparently it's a cob or a roll. I thought, yeah. It depends where you're Bad from, really. If you're from Hull, it's break Well, I got kick. caught in a massive sort of, uh, yeah, dictionary conversation on Instagram where I got I called it the wrong thing. It's a cob man. <laughs> I'm from Bristol. We don't have cobs. They, they do your shoes. So, so were, um, are bikes your first love, then? Before cars or no, always no, ca- cars? Cars, absolutely obsessional from the yeah, age yeah. of, I don't remember when. Bikes, very late. So I started reading bike magazines around turn of the... Of around 99, 2000. Because Haymarket, where I worked, I worked on a magazine called Auto Car. Mm-hmm. And Haymarket started this magazine called Four Wheels, no, Two Wheels Only, TWO. That's right. Yeah, I remember right? that, yeah. Haymarket started that. And suddenly all these bike journalists rock up. And they're all like thin and shagging women and they've got bloody fancy bikes outside and we're all walking around perichinos talking just about... That, I'm just going to let the wife know. I didn't work for them. No, no, no. <laughs> uh, and I just thought they were so glamorous. I started reading bike magazines. Really? And I was desperate to buy an SP1 or an SP2 as it was then. Yeah. But I never got my head around it. I always thought I'd die because I'm... Pr- you know, I'm, if you're loose in a car, it's one thing. But we view you guys as aliens. We don't view the McGuinnesses of this world as aliens we view anyone that just rides a bike on the road because it just looks unnecessarily dangerous yeah. so fast forward to 2015 and I, I thought I've got to do this so I went and did my CBT and got everything sorted out bought, and, I, and I bought a Ducati Monster and everyone said you'll sell it within three months because you'll think it's crap so I sold it within three months because <laughs> I thought it was crap um, and, and I'm, I'm not very good on them but I, I really love the sense of liberty yeah Without wanting to sound like I'm up my own ass, I could put a helmet on, no one could see me. It's a great, <laughs> great advantage to motorcycles, no one could see you. Yeah. And I don't go very fast, but I, lo- I love the whole sense of community. I've got, I'm a bit of a sucker for communities. Yeah. And I think the car community is quite, it can be quite layered, it can be quite separate. You know, people that love TVRs hate people that like Porsches. And, and vain. But, yeah. But bikers just seem to be one big happy family. If it's family. got two wheels, yeah. that's it. Uh, so the moment I got exposed to that a bit, I found it very seductive and I've really, really enjoyed it. So, I've, you know, often wobble up to Abergavenny and see what's going on up there. And I, I'm, this is the, this is the ultimate expression though. The, 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 the downside to it is, does it get any better? You know, you, this is the expectation of coming to watch a bike race. You're not going to be all this. downhill from here. Yeah. There might be some good atmospheres at the MotoGP, uh, France or Mugello, but that stuff is, and I say this with all due respect to these riders, that is tame compared to what goes on here. What the guys at the back of the grid do here is more admirable than what 
a MotoGP rider does in so, a safer environment. So first first night we get here, we've had a couple of hours kip, and um, the McGuinness family say, right, you're watching from somewhere called Ros's Garden. Yeah, the secret and garden. I'm like, and I'm like, what's that yeah. mean? <laughs> so I'm getting led down behind a garage past what looks like a Bentley that hasn't moved in three years. And I'm thinking, this is a stitch-up. I'm going to get there. It's going to be a man with a pair of rubber gloves on. I'm not going to be the same ever again. It just didn't look right. There's no way I'd have allowed myself to be in that position. We then skip across a garden, and this delightful woman comes out, offers me a pint of beer, and says, you can lie there if you want, watch it if you want. That was. And then, uh, yeah, so, yeah, his nibs was doing wheelies to try and show off next to where we were. Did you post something on Instagram? Yeah. Because he came past and he was it was way higher than he normally yeah, he just, is. You know, when I saw him afterwards, yeah, I did that to show off. <laughs> <laughs> the idea of having being able to deploy that level of skill to go a bit further up with the front <laughs> wheel because just to show off. Yeah. Um, the skill on display is mad. I, I, I think anyone that can do something, I'm, I'm all right in a car, okay? But I'm, I'm, I'm a sucker for seeing other people brilliant at things. And it, and it doesn't matter what level it's at. If I give a man my computer to fix, once I've watched him fix it, I want him to run the UN. I want him to solve third world debt. Because <laughs> yeah. I just think I, want to do, I can't do that. But and it's the same with the bikes. And I, I know the motor skills can't be that different. You know, you're dealing with slip angles. You're managing risks. You know, that, that's what we all do if, if you deal with motor vehicles. Mm-hmm. But I just, I'm in awe of it. Absolutely in awe of it. And watching Hickman and that out of the front. I mean, there's a fine line, isn't there, between deploying skill and looking like you've absolutely got no now, brain at all. I don't know if you know this, Chris, but this man has won two TTs. I, I'm aware of that. Yeah. I know. Unbelievable. I know. And, and I, I, when I was I see one of the him, sensible ones. When I see him, what, I What I are your thoughts how. now, though? I don't want to step on you, but what, what, what do you think about the, the three super loons at the front at the moment? Uh, I mean, the way they're pushing, it's yeah. just, it is something to behold. Yeah, I mean, everybody's going fast and the pace is faster than when I raced here because the last time I was here was 2009. But um, yeah, I don't, I think they're in the comfort zone. I don't think they're pushing too hard. Really? Yeah, I really do. Uh, I don't think they're overstepping the mark. I think they're very fast and awesome to watch. But they're 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 under control. I believe they're under control, I do, yeah. I don't think, I don't believe any of them are, you know, Michael probably, Michael Dunlop probably looks the most erratic. But I still believe, believe he's within his comfort zone, I do. Yeah. Which, right. which is just absurd. I mean, for him to say that calmly as anything like they're in the comfort zone, to even get anywhere near that comfort zone... It's when you're trying to go fast. It's just... You'll know this from four wheels. It's when you're trying to go fast and you're desperately trying to get a lap time, that's when you're dangerous. And also, you're probably slower. Yeah. We well, all know that when, when, watch, once yeah. you settle into something and you think you're not going quick, you're going quick. But when you feel that you're absolutely up it, yeah. Then you're probably you're not you're not working properly with the machine, are you? No, far from it. You know, it's a. So what about track days or anything like that? You've done nothing. None, nothing. No, I've, I've been invited. I did, I did do um, the lovely Michael Neves took me to do yep. a, a a morning of Ron Haslam stuff. I think before it closed at Donington, it was lashing me rain, and I got there and everything in my body wanted to go. Oh, I've just sprained my ankle from the <laughs> toilet to the briefing room because it just looked hellish. That was eye opening. But no, I. I I think there's a natural sense I don't want to go too far down the going fast route because I might get addicted to it. There's also the sense of not wanting to be crap. Yeah. I've, for example, I've never skied because everyone else, yeah. lots of people I know ski when they were younger and I went, well, I went skiing once and I was rubbish at it. Everyone else is really good. Done. Never go again. 
I don't want to be the person in the room that can't do something. <laughs> I want to be good at it. You know, you want to be good, don't you? You don't want to be that bloke at the back. Was, so what you're telling us, you are ultra competitive. Massively. You have to be, don't you? Yeah. Especially in television. God, television isn't just about, you know, beating the other two northern goons that I work with. It's about holding on to your job. You've got to get the job in the first place. Any Anyone you meet that's 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 competitive in sport or particularly media, is underneath them is a wanker. <laughs> There has to be. There has to be. You don't. You know. You don't. You don't, don't just. I don't have to take that. No. We all know it. We all know it. Oh yeah, well, I know it. No, and I think. I think one longer, of the yeah. best things about this is that I think because the level of risk is so much higher. I was in the pits before they went off for their session last night, and when that five-minute board goes up, there's a, there's a sort of calm that comes down over the place. The atmosphere changes. You don't. You don't get that in quite the same way at, hey, um, listen, at race meeting. Wait until race day. Yeah. Yeah. For that. Fit, that persona and that feel and that atmosphere you're talking about yeah. unbelievable you can, yeah. you can physically feel it can't yeah. you you can just crackling. feel it yeah. oh my god yeah, yeah. but uh, they all seem to knock along really well you know I, I, I've I've been introduced to several of the riders and they they all just seem to basically that's it. They, they take all, the piss mercilessly that's right <laughs> and they're having a great crack yeah, yeah they, know, they all know the risks they respect each other and they realise that everyone here is is putting their life on the line to do something they love so there is no there is no egos I mean, there is ego to a certain degree because of that competitive spirit, but there is, they all get along and they, they all respect each other for it. Yeah, there's a respect, but I mean, obviously, but they all want to win on race day. Oh, 100%. Obviously. I think so what is, there anything, is there anything four wheels, do you think, comes close to this? Yeah, the, there the, are. The, I mean, the, the, there's definitely things that, that come close because speed is quite a simple thing. Speed is just the way your body um feels the g-forces of forward motion aren't they so you can repeat the acceleration you can occasionally find yourself in a situation where you think this is really dangerous i'd say going very very quickly in a gravel rally car down a stage with trees either side gives you a similar sense of if this goes a bit wrong it goes very wrong that's probably the phrase we're looking at isn't it yeah. but but in a gravel rally car you're not going as fast but the sensation of speed can be as great um i think you i think you can probably repeat it but only for tiny moments it's mm-hmm. this. It's the fact that they're doing it for thirty whatever miles. Yeah. That that, that is the bit that I can't. I can't honestly tell you. There's the, there's something like it in the, the big, car world. Big races, two hundred and twenty odd miles. You know. It's, yeah. Yeah. I, I saw, what, uh, yeah. One of the riders was talking about taking some punters out earlier in the week in a van around the course. Yeah. And the unfortunate soul in the back <laughs> was um was I think was enjoying the ride, but kept going on about the Nurburgring, going, "Oh yeah, you should go to the Nurburgring." Now I've I've done <laughs> 10, 24 hour races there, right? And I've raced there a lot. It's like Brands Indy compared to this. Yeah. So if you sit there and try yeah. and say, oh, I've been to the Nürburgring, that really is. It's like looking left at your island seeing some proper weaponry. You know, you're, you're, out, you're outclassed. You're not, it's not just shut up, finish your business, move on. Don't compare the two. I love the Nürburgring, but it's just, don't mention them in the same sentence. No. What's the plan today? You're off out onto the track to watch it again? Well, or? I think because I've agreed to do this, I can't get out on the track now. Um, which Sorry. Is, uh, which I'm not, I'm not remotely sad about because actually... I now realise we might go to Ros's Garden again. I, I really enjoyed it in the pits. And actually, do you know what? I don't know if you've ever been to MotoGP Live, you listen to this, or been to a Grand Prix. I prefer watching everything on a screen, yeah. but having it buzz past me live. That's so it, out yeah, on the grass yeah. there, watching it on the big screens with a pint and hearing them fizz past, that's not far off for me. Because nah. you can step up and have a look if you want. Yep. I mean, I have to say, I'm, gonna, I'm so hooked on it. I'm going back tomorrow because I've got to go and work. But I think I'm going to come. I'm going to fly back in and watch some of the races next week. Hey, do that. You have to. Because yeah. I just think, why wouldn't you? It's the build-up. You know, it's not just about watching the races. It's the build-up that morning, all the atmosphere as it builds, it generates, and 
you'll, you'll feel the awe of it as you're walking around. It's I want to ask you a question then. So I went and saw John last year when he was testing at Castle Coombe. Yeah. What I found fascinating was that in every other type of motorsport I've been involved in, everyone wants what they call the unfair advantage, right? It's a great, it's a great word coined by Mark Donahue in his autobiography, the unfair advantage. So you're pushing technology. But John just went, I don't want fancy bit there. I want that because it works. So he taught me around the bike and all the ordinary bits that are quite workmanlike, but they work. Is that the difference that basically you, once you get used to something working, the idea of changing it here is different to circuit racing, isn't it? Well, of course, you always want the new bits. You always want to try them. You always want to test them. You know, I think in any sport, uh, any petrolhead sport, of course, you always want the latest and the best. And you want to be the first one to get it, to try it. Um, but yeah, and John's, John is, you know, I've been a teammate with John for, yeah. for quite some time. Um, John's massively um, likes... Uh, the, not the old-fashioned way, that's the wrong way of putting it, but it's what he won on last year is just as important as, as what's coming. So, you know, he's... I don't know, he always drops his coin down his leathers and flipping. Do you know what I mean? I, I, oh, can't, I can't do anything like that, because if I bloody forget, I'm knackered. <laughs> and you would forget. I would forget. Yeah. But, you know, so everybody works differently, you know, uh, and some people will say, oh, no, we don't want that. We'll have what we had last year. Or But... There's a certain amount of risk here because, you know, it's a massive endurance race, of course. So you, you never know how things are going to last, how they're going to um, keep going for 220-odd miles for the full Over race. Over 220 miles, what's, what's the most critical thing? The rear tyre, the front brake? What, what, are you going to wear anything out or not? To answer that, the bright answer for that, the most important part of that is concentration. Is it? It's That's not it. physical. You've only got to look at John. It's not bloody physical, is it? However, I think that's a very astute comment. However, <laughs> uh, the concentration level is it's so tiring and so demanding. It really is, you know, and, and he's, John is one of the best, obviously. He's Mr. Smooth. He's never out of shape and still flipping fast, you know. Um, so that's the most thing. I mean, of course, as far as when you start talking mechanically, yeah, of course, tyres are so important. You, you get two laps out of a rear tyre and, and a change, as well, obviously. Um, but, and, and the other thing is, that's the other most, one of the other most important things is your crew because it's fuel consumption. It's so easy to run out of fuel here unless the electronics are correct on the modern motorcycle. Yeah, yeah Hickey was having that problem last year, yeah. weren't he? Yeah, massively. For, for, for quite a few Yeah, laps. So They basically have to sessions. detune the bikes to make sure they can do two laps without running out. The, the other bit that I think most people will be staggered by is how close a super stock is to a super bike. The idea that you can pretty much off the peg bike that a lot of people, you know, not dissimilar to machines people are turning up in here on, can get within one or two miles an hour average speed. Yeah. That, that just confirms... I don't think there is a, a hobby where people are so far away from being able to use the potential of their machinery. Mm -hmm. in, in the car world, it's, you know, it's, it's pretty bad at times. You know, I, I look at the stuff that I test and think most people that buy GT3 RS probably can't use it properly. But they're happy. They love owning it and they love knowing it can do it. But here, but here, you see, so you see people riding around like me on my Tuono. I'm using forty percent of what it can do. Yeah, exactly. Max, yeah. max. Yeah. What about? Do you know Mark Higgins? Oh, don't talk to me about that. Don't talk to me about that bloody moment because that was a that was a uh, Ago's yeah, leap, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Jump, whatever you call it. Okay, yeah, fair play. There's a little backstory to that because the guy in the passenger seat, I don't know. But everyone talks about him being a journalist. I don't think he was. I think he was a photographer. Who I think the journalist had, had his ride, and they had a bit more time, and they said, in you go. I don't think he was aware of what happened. 
I don't think he even knew how close he was to dying. I don't think he knew the level of car control that had been deployed. Because whatever you say, that is... Not many people can gather that up at that speed. Hey, a good recovery. I'd like to say he's a good mate of mine. He's an associate because he hasn't really got any mates. (laughs) You don't miss it. He has has taken me around here in a Subaru as well. Okay, here's the great one. The car versus bike thing. So I've had several people come up to me in the last couple of days and go, well, you know, didn't know you liked two wheels, thought you were a shandy. I'm there going, yeah, you standard thing. (laughs) I have got a bike, but I'm terrible at it. And a couple of the astute ones have said, what do you reckon a car could do around here? And I reckon there's, there's some quite nutty stuff out there now. And, there's, and some of it's got real downfalls. Like a new GT3 RS, its wing yeah. is properly doing something. I would be fascinated. They'll never let, they'll never let it happen now, will they? Not a chance. No. no but but it, chance. I reckon it would be close now. Yeah. In places. Think, yeah. I think the biggest problem with the, from the four-wheel side would be the undulations and the... You, you, uh, yeah, your Bagaros and places like that where you yeah. can't yeah. cope with but it. Then, but then in, in other places, they would really stroll on and the braking yeah. zones, they could take the mickey as well. Yeah, that's Hugely, right, yeah. yeah. And, and of but, course, you know, in places like the mountain, it's such a climb all the way from Ramsey. It's such a long climb, obviously, the bike with the weight. Yeah. You know, yeah. But that swing, Tony, that Tony Pond lap still captivates me. Yeah, yeah. In the Rover 827. Yeah, yes. When he gets going, and it's just, there's a, there's a, it must be a Duke video like they all were. And the voiceover's like, Tony's driving just a lightly modified 827. And you hear it and you think, it's got a DFE in it, mate. It's not, that's not a road engine. It does not sound like a normal engine. So here's a question for you. Would you ride Pillion with McGuinness on a closed we road? We discussed this last night over a Thai curry. Um, I said I wouldn't, but of course I would. You because, would? Yes, because I, I, just, I believe life is a series of boxes you've got to tick. And can you imagine sitting there talking to your grandchildren and saying that you were offered that and you didn't take it. Yeah. It's exactly the thing I say about Top Gear. Most of the time, I despise being on television. It's nothing to do with me at all. I hate it. Would you sit with Higgins around there? Yeah, I would. Yeah, well, I've, I think I've sat next to him on gravel. You know, look, he, he can drive, the boy can really drive. But I, I think if, you, if, you set, if you'd said to me when I was 17, you'd get offered the chance to do Top Gear, I can't live with the fact I might have said no. Yeah. I mean, I, I kind of wish I'd said no about 30 times since. <laughs> but, 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 but actually, the idea of going... I know someone went on the back of the bike with him and said it was just sensational, but I think they've stopped that as well, haven't they now? Yeah, it's a time thing as well. So, yeah. so where does it go from here then? Because the, there are fewer and fewer competitors allowed to, 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 to compete now and race. Does it become just an elite class of litre bikes? Surely for me, that paddock out there is that's the heart of it. Yeah, going, yeah, of going and meeting a bloke yesterday who just randomly demonstrated where he lies on the back of the sidecar. And when I said at the end of it, what do you do? He goes, I'm an electrician. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's it. Uh, yeah. That, surely if you lose that, and you lose the that, event, don't you? That's obviously the history and that's all part of the, the, the Alaman TT, you know, it really yeah. is. And that, I think that will carry on without doubt, you know, but it's just, uh, but, it, but there still needs to be a pace to keep it safe. The, the worst part, or the most dangerous part about the Alaman TT race is catching somebody else. Is it? You don't really want to be near is it anybody it draws, else. Is it because you want to get past them too much? Because it's so even. Even if you're, you know, even if Hick is doing 134 miles per hour and, and the other man is doing 129, actually the terminal speed is very close. So it's very dangerous. You're almost past and the lines are closing. So... It's dangerous. Yeah, you can't. Add, you can't. All you can see uh, when you're seeing, behind someone is. We've been is, seeing is more and more for the last five to ten years of riders catching each other. I mean, if you're going to fly back, you'll you'll witness this. But yeah. that's when it becomes more dangerous. It really does. Yeah. All I can say is, you got to get here. 
you've got to make an effort to get here. Wherever you live, come here. We said that last night on the on the grid. We, yeah, you just, can't you can't explain it. No. You can go home and you can try and explain it to your mates and say it was this, it was that. But they until all, they come here, you they just all need lobotomizing. It. But they are but they're heroes. They they're gladiators. You know, you know, kids at school learn about the Colosseum and gladiators and what a crazy time it was. They're still alive. They just wear leathers. And they ride very fast cycles around the Isle of Man. It's the same, same mentality. They're Love idiots. That. If they'd been born 2,000 years ago, they'd been wrestling tigers and lions. Yep, they're, they're idiots. You know, you watch McGuinness. He can barely order a curry, but he can, but he can do that. <laughs> it's an amazing... It's, it's, you know, the, the way the brain has decided to push in certain areas, it's remarkable. We'll leave that there. Chris, enjoy the rest of your time here at the TT. Appreciate your And make your, sure you get yourself back next week. Oh, I certainly will be. No, thank you for having me. And I'm going to go and have my mind blown now. Thanks, buddy. Cheers, mate. Interesting chat, that. I think we could have gone longer with Chris. Obviously a, a TV personality, so he knows how to chat. But I reckon he's got a few good stories. One or two beers in that, man. And I think we'd find some, uh, some stories that uh, he likes to keep. I think he's, he's, he's a southerner, isn't he? So probably half a lager. He'd be coming out with some right good stories. Or a shandy. No, I think, you know, uh, he's a massive TT fan. That's the biggest thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very much so. So, we didn't have any racing today, but we're back in action tomorrow with that new schedule. Three laps, super stock. Three laps, super twin. I mean, what are we going to see? We're not going to see Pete Igman out in that super twin race, are we? We're probably going to see... The toughest race yet, I think, or the, not the toughest, the closest race yet in the, in the stock. stock. It's compulsory um, pit stop on lap one because obviously they'll go out with a full tank of fuel and they'll just top it up. So it'll be a short pit stop as well. Uh, there's no time to change wheels. It's not allowed. Um, and then it's a two lap dash back to the uh, back to the finish line. So obviously the times are going to be real tight. So I think we're going to see a proper good ding dong super stock wise. We really are. Predictions. Oh, mate, I predicted the super race perfectly. Did you? No. Oh. No, because Dean and because Icky beat Dean, <laughs> I did way. say I did say uh, Dean would finish second. But anyway, that's only a prediction. Um, however, uh, do you know what? Mm, I think I think Hickman will be stronger on the stocker than he was on the superbike. Ooh, mm, which will make it interesting. You know, it's going to be tough. Um, it's a really hard one to call, and that pit stop is going to be crucial because there's only going to be tens in between them after lap one. Call it. I'm going to call it. A superstock race. <laughs> That'll do. <laughs> don't worry about my prediction. I don't think it'll be Ariton, in all fairness. Uh, I'm going to go with Icky. I went with Dunlop yesterday. Oh, I'm yeah. going to go with Icky, yeah. What's yours? Well, I can't see anybody beating Michael. I just cannot see anyone beating him. Unless he has a mechanical. He's I really on, don't mind on which one level. wins, but it'd be nice to see Michael uh, getting more than five wins in a week. It really would. It yeah. would. Yeah. Let's leave it at that. Check in tomorrow for all the action. If you want to watch the action live, don't forget you can watch it over on TT Plus. Get your live pass. You can watch the action as it happens. You can see Steve Plater in his Buzz Lightyear uniform, his overalls, chatting. Buzz Lightyear. <laughs> chatting as the riders go past. And make sure you leave us a review and a five-star review at that. Cheers, Steve. Cheers, buddy. See you later.